Welcome to the Bird's Eye View Podcast. I'm Jeff McLean here along with Zach Berman. We're at the Novacare Complex the Monday after the Eagles beat the Houston Texans in dramatic fashion, 32-30. to Zach, they're still alive for the playoffs. Now, the Vikings didn't help them. They won. They beat the Detroit Lions. But we now know that there's only one playoff spot left, and the Eagles are playing for it. It's either them or the Vikings. The Vikings head to – I know they host the Bears – on Sunday, and they play at the same time as the as the Eagles. The Eagles one game was flexed back to 4:25, um, but the Eagles have to win first and foremost. Uh, the Redskins are a team that they should beat. But before we talk about that, let's look at the game real quickly. We didn't get to talk about it immediately after the game. And what stood out to you most from Sunday? We start with Nick Foles, and I thought you did a good job documenting that in your column Thanks, uh, on how the legend of Nick Foles grows because that's really what happened. Uh, I mean, a franchise record for passing yards, a game-winning drive, and, and then did it in kind of that dramatic Philly fashion, if you will, you know, where he gets hit, he's out for a play, comes back in, and has a huge throw to Zach Ertz. And I don't think Nick Foles' game was – was perfect by any means. He had a bad interception. He turned the ball over inside his own red zone. But he made the plays it took to win the game. And it's a credit to him. And when you talk about kind of this magic or this aura, whatever cliche you want to use, I think there is something going on right now. You know, the team believes in him. He's raising the level of play for everyone around him. And uh, they have a shot in part because of him. This is the most productive the offense has been in back-to-back games all season with Foles at the helm. Now, I don't think the Rams and the Texans defenses are are great, although I think the Texans defense certainly has a lot of talent up front. But the offense seems to have kind of figured something out. And, And I think the biggest thing is, the biggest takeaway is that they've been able to kind of throw the ball downfield. They averaged 9.1 yards per pass attempt, the highest uh, average this season on Sunday. The week before was 8.7, which is the second highest. Mm-hmm. Nick is has more air yards than Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. He's thrown the ball downfield, and he's given his receivers a chance. Exactly, and that's the thing. And, you know, it's interesting. We were both in on Zach Ertz's his press conference after the game, and Ertz was like, it's hard to talk nicely about one without it coming off as like you're disparaging the other. But when he pointed out that Foles gives his players a chance on those 50-50 balls, that's clear, and that's something Carson wasn't doing. Uh, Carson wasn't throwing the ball up uh, to Alshon to make plays downfield. Was Carson trying to be too perfect? I, I mean, maybe. Or do you think it was the injury? No, I think, he was, I think he was going with high percentage passes. You know, I, I think he was – I, I don't think he was taking chance. I don't think he was taking as much chances. I agree with that. I mean, yeah. look, if you watch the film, there were times where I just felt like he had a shot here. Again, like you can throw your receiver open. You can you can trust him. Well, it's, to it's, make a play. It's interesting because we spoke about completion percentage last pre- uh, or last podcast. I thought about last year when we asked Carson about his completion percentage when he was in the MVP caliber season. And one kind of excuse for the lower percentage was that he throws downfield more and he's taking more chances. And when you're more aggressive downfield, it's not going to be like Sam Bradford when you're completing a high right. percentage of passes. But Carson played more that the other way this year where he was dumping off and taking more of those high percentage passes. And it could be because of the fracture that he had in his back. We, do, we don't know. Um, 
And again, huge caveat here. It's just two games here. I don't want to like, I mean, I feel like yeah. what's happened in this city is that everyone's kind of getting caught up in what's happened the last two years. And all of a sudden, Carson Wentz is not, and, and I know you're not, yeah. you're not this way and I'm not this way, but we have to make very clear. I mean, Carson Wentz is, was still playing at a very high level before his injury or before we found out about his injury. He did have just an unbelievable 13-game run last year yeah. where he was arguably the MVP of the NFL. We're not going to get into the discussion about about next season or even about Foles and whether you should bring him back or not. I think a lot has to play out here still. But, look, there was a moment in, in that game yesterday, even you know when he threw the interception, I'm like, we could – Foles could teeter back into being sure. the Foles that we've seen before. But you know what, buddy? It's, it's, it's kind of like the... And I don't want to take anything away from Foles. I'm trying to give him t- tr- yeah, uh, but, lots, of, lots of credit. But that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's turning into like the Michael Jordan versus LeBron argument. Like You don't need to pick a side. You can appreciate yeah. what Foles is doing right now without it being like an indictment on Carson Wentz or it's Carson Wentz's future. It's a black or white argument. It, it, exactly. Like, like on one hand, you can say Nick Foles... Is playing really well right now, and then on the other hand, you can say, "But Carson Wentz is your long-term quarterback." But and you can also point out that Carson. I mean, there were certain parts of his game I sure. think that were lacking, yeah. and Nick has kind of brought that dynamic. And it's and for a team that all of a sudden was just down on its luck after the Cowboys game, you know, you felt it in the locker room. Mm-hmm. I, not many people in the city were giving giving them a shot, even though there was a, a chance that they could make the the playoffs uh, more so as a wild card. Than as a divisional winner in the division we now know is, is to the to the Dallas Cowboys, but getting a new quarterback in there injected a little more life, I think, into into this offense. And, and Foles, to some degree, is benefiting from that, but I think he's also taking advantage of that opportunity. I agree with you. Uh, you know, and I think Foles is doing a lot of things, frankly, that Carson can be watching from the sideline and implement into his game next Carson's year. young. He still has a lot exactly. to learn. Uh, I, you know, I think his, obviously his ceiling is great. Talent-wise, he can be possibly the best quarterback in the NFL. But there are areas that he needs to improve upon on the field and off. And yeah. we'll get into that later. Uh, should mention, obviously, Zach Ertz set the NFL record for receptions by a tight end in a season. Set it with his 10th catch. He ended up adding two more. He's got 113. He's got another game that pad those stats. You know, the argument being uh, we saw last week, he only had three catches, seven targets, and everyone's like, oh, well, you know, Carson Wentz was relying on him too much. And and I think there is a degree of truth to that, as, as we mentioned. Yeah. I mean, he's not throwing the ball downfield enough. He's probably taking his safety valve tight end a little more often. But 16 targets on Sunday, and Nurse caught 12 of them. You know, Nick Foles, <laughs> everyone's not talking about him relying too much on Zach Ertz now either. You're right. And – I think, you know, Ertz is – what Ertz has done this year is, is is so impressive. He's always open. So there's always that option to go – not always open, but he's almost always open. So there's always yeah. that option to go to him. And, and it's almost like a luxury that you always have. And maybe sometimes you just kind of fall on it too but often. But, like, I, you know, I, I look at the game he had yesterday and – like, take the second touchdown, for instance, okay? The run after the catch on, the, on that play. That might have been his best touchdown ever. And he's been – you know, he's been talked often about how he doesn't get yards after the catch. I just think we've seen kind of a transformation or an evolution of Zach Ertz uh, since the time he got here in 2013. And and the more I thought I thought about it, I, I kind of sided with you in the Pro Bowl debate. I mean, I mean, Travis Kelsey is a special player. 
Uh, but Zach Ertz, like one is, a and one yeah, B Zach right Ertz is in any conversation right now. For yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's something that that really wasn't the case. And, you know, in 2015, 2016, he was kind of in that next tier. Uh, he wasn't in that elite group, and he's broken through, and the statistics this year bear that out. I don't think he's dropped a pass since the first game of the season. Well, he had a drop yesterday. Or, oh. or no, it wasn't even a drop. It was a, the pass was behind him. So oh, that, that was wasn't not, a drop. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah. someone in the press box said it was. A, he should have had it. There's yeah, no. no way he should have had that. No, pass. he shouldn't have had that. Yeah. No, there's yeah. not a better ball catcher at that position. Yeah, there's not. I agree with you. Um, Alshon Jeffrey had had a nice game, 52-yard catch, and obviously the big 19-yard grab catch. on third and ten. Nelson Aguilar, 83-yard touchdown. Uh, that's what he's there for. Where's that been though? I mean, it's been there a few times. Carson hit Aguilar on a deep touchdown yeah. against the Cowboys uh, last month. So, well, this was no, this was Nelson's first touchdown since Tampa Bay, I believe. It wasn't a touchdown. It was a deep yeah, throw. Deep pass, yeah. yeah, it was a deep throw. It was like fifty something yards. Um, so, I mean, again, we talked about the long ball. The run game wasn't working. Josh Adams, uh, these last two games, I think it's twenty six carries for forty nine yards. Yeah, he's, had the he's fumble, been struggling. Had, had yeah. the fumble. He's a little banged up. I think Sproles probably, is running well, though. Sproles is a guy that, I, you know, you and I said this last uh, last week on the podcast. I just think right now he's your most reliable back mm-hmm. on first, second, or third down. I agree. I think they, you know, obviously they wanted to kind of ease him in coming back from it, the hamstring strain that, that made him lose 10 games. I kind of understand that. But at this point, all bets are off. Yeah. You just got to go with Sproles. And he's picking up chunk yardage, too. Well, I mean, he, he's your best guy in space, right? Yeah. I mean, 37-yard touchdown, in which he broke two tackles. 31-yard catch on third and one wheel route. Um, the run in the fourth quarter put the run, field goal The run, 16-yard draw was yep. huge. Um, so, I mean, like, things are starting to click. I should mention a few areas that uh, of concern. I mean, they still haven't found a way to get Colton Tate involved. Does it matter at this yeah, point? Yeah, it doesn't matter at this point. It doesn't matter at this doesn't point. Matter. It just shows that it was just a bad trade. I agree with you. I, I, I think they didn't need him. They had these guys... I think the jury's out on that, or the jury's back on that, rather. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Dallas Goddard had a couple uh, big catches as well. Um, defensively, they shut him down in terms of the run, and they made him one-dimensional for three-and-a-half ca- uh, quarters. They couldn't contain Watson when, you know, he, when even though the coverage was good, when he finally when he, when he saw space to run. I'll say the Eagles' defensive players, and I spoke to a few of them, um, are are real happy that Deshaun Watson's in the in the AFC because that guy's a good player. Uh, and you and I both liked him. I have more appreciation for him seeing him in person than even when you see him on on TV. And when you see him against a team that you know you watch every week, he's just hard to bring down. Makes plays, makes tough throws, um, extends plays. Uh, just so impressed with him. That was a tough tough player for the Eagles defense. He has just a great presence in the pocket and. And, and I'm talking about not just scrambling, but just kind of moving around, feeling the pressure, and knowing when to run and when not to run. Um, the Eagles had four sacks. They could have had double that amount. Yeah, I mean, I on that one play on the drive before he threw the touchdown pass to put him ahead, he basically had, I mean, Brandon Graham, Chris Long, and Michael Bennett all had him in, in, in their grasp, and he shook them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that you got to have some kind of power, uh, some some kind of strength to be able to, um, evade those guys and still complete that pass downfield. What was the issue down the stretch there defensively? Was it just they weren't able to flip the switch, or was it finally like, okay, you know, we know how the secondary is? No, I think it was. Um, Why well, Watson? I, you give Watson. I look at the go ahead drive. Yeah, I mean, he converted two third and elevens. 
Like and, and DeAndre Hopkins. He DeAndre Hopkins made a catch that was just yeah. And I know he makes them weekly. It's just sick. I mean, his hands are just unbelievable. But like you know, when I look at at the third and eleven, the one you discussed when he got free from three guys, and then the touchdown pass, which just he put that me like I I, I know Rasul. Rasul did not have the best coverage there. He didn't there, close very well. It was but weird. even if Rasul was all over him, like that ball was put in only a spot where Vincent Smith catches it. That's true. Uh, that's true. Jake Elliott kicked the game winner, but he missed another PAT. But mm-hmm. you know what? He's clutch. You know, he's kick clutch. Was, with the game in the line, you know, there's only a few other kickers I guess I'd rather have out there. I agree. Um, something to worry about next week? Something to will. On we the sh- road, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Are you talking about Jake Elliott? Oh, yeah, but you know what? Clutch situations, I I think you're confident with him. I I think we should point out, though, that Jason Peters uh, didn't play uh, most of the game, only played five snaps, and Halapula Vati Vaitai. Uh, Struggled, but, but he got he got a little better down the stretch. Had I think blocking, they started helping him out. Or had a holding call that nullified a touchdown. Um, so wasn't uh, – said something to watch. Peters is day-to-day. I gotta think Peters is gonna be out there. I don't know that, but this might be his last game in an Eagles uniform. Yeah, but even if he's out there, you have you know Big V's got to be ready to go. Mm-hmm. And you know one of the, one of the things that Redskins, uh, one of the areas in which the Redskins are tough is up front. Um, you know Ryan Kerrigan will rush mostly from the other side, but it's gonna be interesting this this week because, like you mentioned at the top, there are certain guys. Oh, I'm sorry, there, there are scenarios in which the Eagles can make the playoffs, but. You know, the Vikings are far, are favored to win, and if that's the case, there are a lot of guys who are playing their last game in an Eagles uniform, and if Peters might be one of them. Foles is one of them. Um, you go on down the list, Broles might be one of them. We've talked about, you know. Chris Long. Yeah, Chris, Chris Long, Brandon Graham. Um, it's it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be an emotionally charged atmosphere, especially if it gets to a point late in the game when, it looks when if if, if the Vikings are, are winning in Chicago, right? Because I, mean, I do think yeah, we, we can't almost write about that because we have to look at the game and and look at look at this week leading up to it. Yeah, but it's gonna the the the, the switch will flip very quickly if all of a sudden they they lose the game and you have to kind of all of a sudden look towards the off sure. season. And and we do know though that uh, it, that they won't have another home game this year. And, and you know it's like so, like so for instance, Nick Foles was emotional. After that game, because you got that him was to the cry. That was your question. Nah, he didn't cry. He didn't. He cry. got choked up. He didn't cry. And he visibly got <laughs> choked up. Um, but uh, but, but he, it was, he visibly got choked up. But it was. I, you I don't agree with that. Yeah, okay, I hate. I, I look. I, I understand that too. But it, I was. It was clear that he was getting. Yeah. Cho- he got choked up. Yeah. But it was. But I. Now we didn't ask about Lily. <laughs> no, but he he, he, he did, did mention up, Lily. He did bring up Tori and Lily. <laughs> but um. But no, I I bring I I point that out because. Uh, we've covered a lot of Nick Foles games, and as he was running off the field, waving to the crowd and blowing kisses, um, it was because I think there was a a sense on Nick's end uh, that this was it. And so uh, I'm curious to see what it's like on Sunday. Well, let, let's just talk – we'll round it out, end it with just talking a little more about Foles. Um, so his career record as a starter with the Eagles is 23 and 12. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. That's a, what, 65% winning percentage? Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to play. Doug Peterson told us Monday, told us today, Monday, that um, the ribs are fine mm-hmm. and that he's going to start Sunday. And Doug was also asked about whether Carson would remain active. 
and you know what's the reasoning behind that and he kind of really didn't go into detail there but we don't, my guess is that Carson isn't ready to go but if they win this game and the Vikings lose and make the playoffs and let's say Carson's healthy full you go with Foles you go with Foles this year this year because what does that what if what does Carson do if he's healthy and he knows he can play and they're going with him well I think they'll they'll say we're giving Carson a chance to to, to be 100% yeah, I think but they're going to use that 100% Carson and you want to play so you do you remain silent if you're Carson well as a reporter I hope not but um, I think he's going to uh, he's going to have to they're going to say to yeah. him hey look you're the future you're going to get the big contract this offseason also Carson's smart Carson knows not to Make waves during a playoff run, right? Like he like, would never do that. Yeah, not during a like he wouldn't come out during a playoff run and be like, "I should be in there." You uh, know? What if uh, all of a sudden uh, source told somebody? Well, that's different. <laughs> that's different. That, I don't think Carson <laughs> plays that game, but he may have people around him that are playing that game. Yeah, that. Yeah, no. Look, that's, I, I don't want to pick Carson versus uh, Nick because I don't. I don't think that's a, a, a real thing. Uh, they do respect each other. You know, I've talked about this yeah. before. They're not like these best buddies. I think there's a natural separation between the two. It's tough for the for the starter and the backup to yep. be best friends on a team, especially when when they're both in, like 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 when they both feel they're starting caliber players. When you have a situation where it's where you have like right. Chase you Daniel, young, yeah, and you know you well, have even Ch- no Chase Daniel's a bad example. <laughs> Chase thought he should have been starting over <laughs> okay. Carson Wentz, but yeah, <laughs> but 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 there have been examples in the past where guys brought in expressly to be that bad. Absolutely yeah. okay, but I, I and yeah, in, the, in this case you have the Super Bowl winning exactly. Super Bowl MVP. I mean, um, it's a, it's a diff- it's been a difficult spot for for both of them uh, over these last uh, whatever how many how many months. I mean. In, you know, Nick won the Super Bowl, and all of a sudden he had to go back to being the number two guy, even though he started the season as a starter. Carson uh, had to watch his backup lead his team to a Super Bowl, and then now he's had to do the same thing, uh, not to a Super Bowl, but possibly to the playoffs. Uh, this is an interesting dynamic. This is a great story to be told, and it's not over yet. It's gonna, interesting what's going to happen. Uh, now, look, Nick can go out and play a great game. It might not even matter. They might not even make the playoffs. Which I think is what's going to happen. You do. I think Minnesota wins. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I don't think that's a slam dunk. That's no way you're a slam dunk. But they're six and a half point favorites for a reason. I don't think Chicago. I, I think that the Vikings haven't beat a team with more nine wins or more this entire season. Zero and five. Uh, look, I, I just don't know if Chicago is going to be is going to be the Bears in that game. Like, unless well, they they want. There's a lot to play for. Yes, but here's the thing. So, and look, are the Rams going to jump jump out to such a huge lead on the 49ers? And the 49ers play teams tough. They do. They play the Bears tough yesterday. Yeah, so they're going to jump out to this gigantic lead to the point where all of a sudden the Bears are just going to say, you know what, we're going to pack it in for like the last quarter. I, I don't know. I don't know. Is, is Matt Nagy? I, I just I think too much is being made of that. Okay. Uh, also, if you you know if you're the Bears, you you know most likely you're playing the Vikings the next week, un- unless the Rams lose. So, in in that case... Uh, Who would you rather face? What's that? Who would you rather face if you're the Bears? I would... You know, my, uh, yeah. my point I'd, being, I'd, they want to win, face, they'd rather face the Eagles. I'd rather face the... Yeah, that, that's a good point. That's a good point. Maybe they're like... we we. we I don't know, actually, if I'd rather face the Eagles, actually, if I was I don't think Bears. anyone wants to face the Eagles I don't right even want Nick Foles. I think, they, I think they'd rather face the Vikings. The defending champs and Nick yeah. Foles in the yeah. playoffs? I think they'd rather face the Vikings. They'd rather face the Vikings. A team that they know... And so I, I don't think right, they so want to show gonna, that much. So they're going <laughs> to 
They're going to roll over. I no, but my, point is, but, but my point is I don't think they're going to show too much. You know, because there's that chance they could play the Vikings the next week. Right. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. It'll be interesting, but I just think there's so much to play for, and and I don't know how, how long they're gonna they're gonna know that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it, you know, the, again, I think the 49ers are gonna play are gonna play the uh, play the Rams tough. Now the 49ers, I mean, they, Jesus, they don't have much. Now they have Nick Mullins, quarterback. I mean, I couldn't I couldn't believe that, that last <laughs> drive. Right, but yeah, but uh, it's it's gonna be real interesting to watch. But uh, to the original point of the question, uh, I don't think. That I, I think if the Eagles make the playoffs and Nick Foles has won three in a row for you, you can't sit him. You no. you got to ride with the hot hand. No, and it, you know the only way it would be the Rams if the Eagles did make the playoffs is, is if the Rams lost to the Forty Nine ers. So if the Eagles get in and the Rams lost to the Fires, they Forty Nine ers, they'd have to fly out to L A. Um, to face the Rams, a team they already beat there. That'd be tough to do it two times in a row. I know we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit here, but that's what we do here at the uh, yeah. Bird's Eye View Podcast. All right, well that's it here for us. It's uh, Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas to everybody, all our listeners. Thanks for sticking with us uh, through how many years now we've done this? Three or four years. Yeah, four. Um, and we got one more game to go, possibly uh, more than just one game. And um, so, once again, happy holidays to everybody. That's Zach Berman. I'm Jeff McLean, and thanks for listening to the Birds Eye View Podcast.